0: Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser.
1: Hi, Alan. Uh, Good morning, Fred. Good morning, everyone.
0: Well, Alan, before we uh, jump into this week's headlines, and it has been quite a week, let's give listeners... It certainly has. Yeah, let's give listeners the latest on the Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit, the third annual... Coming up in just two and a half weeks, May fourteenth through sixteenth, almost here,
1: almost here, and it's uh, things are actually uh, falling into place uh, very well. And so we uh, we start off the fourteenth, evening of the fourteenth, uh, uh, with a uh, w- uh, welcome reception at my house. Uh, you know, that's just for people to get around, and meet each other, and. Uh, and say hello and and uh, and relax a little bit <laughs> we'll have a a few of the um, of the uh, of course many of the speakers will be there and and a few of the exhibitors will be there to talk about the, some of the things that they'll be showing and uh, and I don't know, maybe there'll be a couple of uh, cars from local dealers or something out there that, that are equipped with the latest uh, safety and and uh, driver assistance stuff. But uh, the real um, uh, part of it and the substance of the conference takes place on, on Wednesday and Thursday. and and I think that um, that it's it's really coming uh, coming forward. I, the, the focus, the focus in the past, we've, we've dealt with insurance and we'll, we'll deal with insurance, uh, we'll deal with uh, the other challenges uh, associated with creating a welcoming environment so that, in fact, uh, some of this technology can uh, can actually uh, uh, come out and, and provide the mobility services that, in fact, they're, prov- they're supposed to provide. Uh, we certainly will talk about safe driving cars and, and how well or, or not well the, uh, the industry is coming along to really put automated emergency braking systems in vehicles in our showrooms that we can buy. And of course, uh, we'll have a, a discussion about self-driving, um, all the Good things that are coming out with respect to uh, being able to take your hands off the wheel and, and feet off the off the pedals, as long as you're um, you're uh, being a a uh, attentive adult and uh, supervising the operation. Because of course uh, uh, you're required to do that in the use of those, those technologies. And in fact, if you don't, uh, you, you might find yourself in a lot of trouble that trouble may be physical, not just um, uh, paying fines. Uh, so uh, with respect to those aspects of smart driving cars, we'll will, will deal with them. But I guess uh, we're, we're still trying uh, to deal with driverless and, and approach driverless uh, mobility and, as I call them, um, mobility machines uh, that will really, um, uh, that have the opportunity to level the playing field uh, of mobility, uh, especially for the for the people who, um, for whatever reasons, um, our society has said uh, you can't have a driver's license or you don't have a driver's license and uh, or you don't have enough money uh, to, uh, to purchase one of these vehicles that for most of us uh, give us such um, wonderful mobility. At, at a drop of a hat, we can go from where we are to almost any place we want to go. Uh, Whether it's 2 o'clock in the morning or or, uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, or sometimes, of course, it's easier to do at 2 o'clock, but that's another story. Uh, But it gives us enormous mobility. uh, Those that are required or forced to take transit, um, sure, the New York City um, subway operates 24-7. But my goodness, uh, anywhere else, um, uh, I guess you better walk. And so there, there's um, there's a lot of our society that has been left behind by the automobile. And I, as I said, those that don't uh, have for um, that, that our society has said uh, you you sh- can't have a driver's license, or you can't uh, you, uh, you don't have enough money. Uh, of course, they can't have the driver's license category is as uh, the young, you know, the 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 bar and butt mitzvah to 17 year old. Uh, and, um, okay, that's fine. Uh, that's one group. Um, and of course, um, the senior, many senior citizens, uh, my goodness, when, when the society takes away their driver's license, uh, they are an unhappy, they are unhappy campers. Uh, but, uh, you know, many, uh, decide, my goodness, uh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And so, um, the, the, uh, the degradation of their mobility opportunities and really degradation of their quality of life, because, because, of course, um, uh, quality of life is directly correlated to mobility. So
0: this is really a a new focus uh, for the summit, talking about uh, all of the people who are disadvantaged and and how this technology can help them. And a lot of those groups, uh, or some of them anyway, are going to be participating in the summit.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, I think if we if we look at, the, at these things as mobility machines, uh, of course we should we should really design them uh, to uh, provide mobility to all people, uh, and and the all people includes those that uh, that uh, the automobile um, uh, the conventional automobile has has left behind. Uh, because it's required a driver's license, and because uh, economically um, it is a, a non-trivial uh, entity, and and so uh, uh, really uh, we're at the very beginning of this uh, of, of developing this this driverless autonomous taxi mobility machine, and so it really needs to be, uh, and, and we have an opportunity. Uh, to design it to maybe uh, only those that, uh, that are in the top 1%, as you know, when we see some of these vehicles, we say, oh, my goodness, uh, it's the 1% of the 1%ers that are going to have those. Um, they need extra mobility, uh, uh, well, whatever. Um, they already have enough. And they can afford a chauffeur. Uh, so you know it's not really for them but there's this whole other sector of our society whose quality of life could be so enhanced because as I continue to say quality of life is proportional to mobility the only reason we go anyplace is because we think we're going to be happier there and so um, uh, it's really important and so when one begins to focus on this community one sees that it's uh, there are a number of folks in there and then so what we're doing is, um, as part of this summit, we're focusing on on this community and uh, trying to understand uh, what their needs are so that we can accommodate them from the beginning uh, through inclusive design, um, uh, as opposed to uh, getting this thing off the ground and then saying, oh, my goodness, we forgot, and let's go retrofit it happen so often when that post-ADA um, uh, legislation and the dealing with American Disabilities Act uh, requirements. So um, this is this is a major focus. And, and so what we're going to do is we're actually going to have a live demonstration. Uh, local Motors has agreed to bring an Ollie vehicle. We're not going to drive it driverlessly down the streets of Princeton, um, you know, The town mothers are are not that that forgiving to let us do that. But but actually, our athletic director, um, uh, Molly Marcoux, uh, at Princeton has uh, graciously allowed us to use Princeton Stadium and uh, Powers Field, and we'll be running it uh, around Princeton Stadium inside. And it's, of course, not a very great demonstration but it will give this community their first look at this technology. Uh, and it's it's not really the ride that's important. It's getting in, getting out, um, uh, what it feels like in there, uh, the fact that there's not a driver, uh, the fact that uh, those fundamental elements and uh, with um, the group at Rutgers, who deals with transportation for the autism community, uh, will actually be um, be interviewing um, members of this community who come in uh, for the demonstrations. So the demonstrations are not focused on giving uh, bankers in New York a ride. Uh, they're actually focused on on members of this of commu- uh, this mobility disadvantaged community, uh, to get a first look, and and it is just the beginning of of, of doing that with them. And then we have um, the design lab from the University of um, California San Diego, Don Norman's lab, who's uh, who is uh, my consideration the most outstanding. Uh, human Factors Design Lab uh, in, in the nation. Um, they w- they are coming out, and uh, they then will will uh, begin to uh, discuss with this community aspects of inclusive design uh, that basically includes them as opposed to excluding them. And so um, that piece of the of the uh, summit should be most interesting. Then, of course, we'll deal with all the other pieces of of trying to get this technology uh, out there. Uh, The regulation, uh, the creation of a welcoming environment so that, in fact, um, when these vehicles come down my street to give um, the uh, mobility disadvantaged uh, rides and and level their mobility playing playing field, uh, when those vehicles come down my street, I'm not going to run out there and, and, and uh, throw bricks through its windows or jack them up and put them on cinder blocks and steal their wheels. I'm going to welcome them down my street. When I drive my car in their neighborhood down their street, they welcome me. So therefore, I should welcome them. So in some sense, uh, you know, the whole society needs to take a look and, and say, my goodness, this is a technological opportunity. For us uh, to, um, to really improve the quality of life of a segment of, of the population that the, the technology that has so well served so many of us uh, left them behind. Uh, so, this is to make up for a lot of past deeds. And in fact, um, hey, I might use it too and improve my life.
0: And there's a lot of good uh, that can come out of this. And uh, for more information, folks can go to smart driving car. Dot com and they, they can get all the information about the summit and also check out our podcasts while they're there.
1: We hope uh, you know uh, people people will come. we I mean we have a good group coming, uh, knowledgeable people in the industry uh, and people that uh, that can uh, actually make a difference. So uh, uh, we're trying to move the ball forward. Uh, it's It's still a pr- a very long process. We are still at zero. Uh let's, uh let's get moving.
0: Well, we do have some more things to talk about. Uh, this week, Tesla held its Investor Autonomy Day, and they made a lot of news. Uh, first of all, uh, that new chip that the company says is much more powerful than anything else out there for self-driving. 144 trillion calculations per second, I think is the number. Whatever. And, <laughs> and all it needs is some software improvements to go with it.
1: Yeah. All it needs is some software. Yes. <laughs> uh, whatever. I have a little quote in this in smart driving cars newsletter about, you know, uh, about, uh, what software is, the hardware and, and how long it takes to develop it. But uh, anyway, um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, whether it is the fastest or not the fastest. And of course, NVIDIA came back and said, no, 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 we're faster. And then some, I'm sure Intel has got to come back and say, no, we're, uh, you know, they 're fast and and in fact uh, I guess that 's what 's great about capitalism. You know We have all these companies competing and entities competing to actually improve it We do do need computational power to be able to um, do the uh, the cognition that 's required to understand the world around uh, the vehicles so that in fact um, they can move forward and not crash. And so it is wonderful to see uh, really another player out there competing and and uh, and um, and moving uh, everything forward. And so kudos to uh, to Tesla, who thought they would be uh, you know silicon de- developers as well as uh, all the other things that they do. But but it, it was uh, rather impressive the, the, for the, the progress that they've made. They've made uh, on that. I think um, in a sense. Um, uh, what is uh what to me is is sort of most interesting and and I do have to admit to my my you my listeners here that you know I'm such a nerd that of course I was I was on watching the live stream of this uh, uh, wedded to my computer uh, so when I went to class on Wednesday I asked how many of my students were wedded to their computer watching it uh watching it live and i I, th- I think there was just one one student in the whole class i mean i'm, I'm geekier than my students so <laughs> that. but but anyway um the 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 interesting thing is 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 the uh, really the 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 business case uh that that <clears throat> that elon seems to be spinning with respect to this which is a little bit different than 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 at least uh, the other uh, concepts that have been put out there, or that I've even thought about, is that is that um, he's um, he's he claims that uh, that in fact every uh, Tesla that comes off the assembly line from from now on will have the hardware uh, to be able to do well. The question is, uh, you know, what would? But at least from the hardware side he believes will be able to do um, what he calls uh, full self-driving. Now, uh, you know, as, as we all know, the terminology is who knows what the heck that is. Uh, but the implication is that it's driverless. Now he says, and then somebody asks him the question, well, is it level four or level five and whatever, <laughs> or is it going to be within a geo area? And he, he actually, I think uh quoting. He said, no, it's not going to be geofenced. Well, of course it's going to be geofenced. I mean, look, uh, the algorithms are going to determine uh, where people are going to might be picked up, where they might be dropped off and which roads they're going to use. And there's no way that they're going to route these vehicles on roads where they have any expectation except for good news uh, when those vehicles go down those roads. Otherwise, they won't route them. So I guess we have we'd have to argue about the definition of geofence uh, when when Elon talks but you know that's that's a minor detail but but the big overall concept is that the vehicles will have the hardware and given what they've done with over the air um updating of software which <laughs> continues to surprise me that that uh, that the other manufacturers don't do it. You know, I've had my my Mercedes S for for four years now, and it has you know uh, lane centering and all the stuff. Uh, they haven't updated my software. Uh, they haven't even offered to update my software. Here here Tesla is out there, up there updating the software. Um, um, I don't know whenever whenever. So, if the hardware is sitting there and it's just a software upgrade that then turns this on, uh, big assumption, enormously big assumption, then all the, all the cars that are out there at that, at that time of that flip of a switch, all of a sudden become available to provide this mobility, um, to become mobility machines, And, you know, assume that to be true, um, uh, then uh, will the people that happen to own these things say, hey, this is an Airbnb opportunity. Here I have this vehicle that I use to give me uh, three or four or five uh, rides per day uh, while it's sitting around uh, just uh, uh, a, a waste. Uh, it can actually go out there and uh, provide um, 50 or maybe 60 additional uh, uh, rides. All of a sudden, the opportunity to deliver mobility is, is enormous. And if, you know, as he said, in, in, in 2020, uh, there are a million of these things out there. All of a sudden, really at the flip of a switch, you have the opportunity to provide 50 million trips a day uh whoa uh, that's um you know that's 5% of the daily trips that's more trips than the mass transit serves today and and uh, my goodness um so that's something worth at least uh, pondering and thinking about it requires enormous execution first that the hardware really is all the hardware you need and he was sort of adamant about, the, about that decision and that the software that, that is going to be developed between now and then uh, is actually able to safely drive down my street. And not actually only able to safely drive down my, my street, I will perceive it that it will be safe driving down my street. And that's the key issue that that will probably come into play because it may well be safe, but if I don't perceive it to be safe, and I, I don't mean me, I mean, I, as a society, don't perceive it to be safe. Then, you know, the monkey wrenches are going to be thrown into this thing and it's not going to provide mobility to anybody. So, there are enormous hurdles uh, to, to go get over on this. We'll be discussing some of those during the summit, or I hope we'll have a lot of fun. I certainly don't know the answer. I hope somebody knows the answer or has the vision to see this into the future or to, or to modify this, this business case to make it into, a, into one that actually does provide out there for all of us, all people, the opportunity of mobility to go from where they happen to be to where they would like to go anytime.
0: Really interesting. This is a whole new business for them that that Musk was talking about, this robo-taxi business. And I guess that they'd be somehow sharing revenue with Tesla owners that are willing to make their vehicles available. When when
1: they're not riding, uh, that's the Airbnb uh, you know concept on this, and and that's true. And and you take the number that, that he threw out there, I think it's a re- reasonable number. It's it's eighteen cents a vehicle mile is the operating cost, and really, if you take a look at a Tesla, and, and in fact, if it can last a million miles, you you know depreciation you know t- goes away. If, you know, depending on what the electricity costs you. Given that the, and if the battery isn't the Achilles heel to the whole thing, then in fact, you know, the whole operating cost of the thing does maybe approach 18 cents a vehicle mile. At 18 cents a vehicle mile, even if you only have one person in there, it is very, very affordable mobility and mobility that is basically from anywhere to anywhere at any time. And then, and, and if you have two people in there, it's nine cents. And if you have three, you can do the arithmetic and you can put on there another 10, 15, 20 cents, whatever, and you can make a hefty, hefty profit. And so, while maintaining affordability. So, you know, if you look at the, the fundamentals of this, the basic fundamentals, my goodness. Uh, no wonder so many people want to get the the hardware and the software to work on this because uh, you know this is a this, these are geese laying golden eggs. Musk had
0: some harsh words about the uh, lidar technology, which obviously he's not using in in Tesla's. He's saying that it is doomed.
1: Well, sure. I mean, he I mean, look. <laughs> Uh, he, he, he has a solution and of course he thinks his, his is the right one and of course uh, you know he doesn't have a whole lot of respect uh, uh, for others who have, uh, who have other visions. So uh, you know you, you have to take some of that with a grain of salt. Uh, that is an assumption that he makes. If he's right, oh my goodness, if he's wrong, oh my goodness.
0: Well, a couple of days later, um, Tesla reported a pretty dismal first quarter, uh, losing more than seven hundred million dollars. So, uh, Tesla shares did not do so well this week.
1: Well, yeah, I know, and everybody was expecting it, and of course, people said he did the autonomy uh, a day two days before to you know pump everybody up and 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 soften the blow of the announcement and so on and so forth. Uh, Yeah, this is this is not a smooth road. Uh, People should take a look at the Amazon share prices from day one till today. Okay, and see if you can zoom in on those those share prices somewhere around two thousand three, two thousand
0: four. Okay. Anyway, when Bezos was being questioned by investors, how come you're not profitable, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Hey, if I could look, it's a good thing we can't see the future because life would be totally boring. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we wouldn't watch any sports. We wouldn't, nobody would wait for the next podcast from Fred and Allen, <laughs> Right. Um, it's life.
0: Well, Tesla is saying that, has acknowledged they may need to raise more money, and outsiders are saying that, too, $2.5 by some estimates. I guess that shouldn't come as a huge surprise.
1: I don't think it should. I mean, look, I, I mean, you know, in some sense, look at what's been accomplished. Look at what others have not accomplished when they've tried this thing. I mean, yeah. Uh, have needed how many uh, uh, electric vehicle startups have there been since uh, since uh, Elon started his electric vehicle startup okay and in fact I, you know I tell my, I, I tell my students and may not be the uh, true that, that that by Elon latching on to uh, this uh, the uh, sort of a smart driving uh, electric vehicle concept um, that's in some sense saved the electric vehicle concept as a whole, uh, because I think I think autopilot uh, uh, might sell more Teslas than the electric vehicle part of Teslas. And now that they're putting it as standard equipment in, in all the vehicles, and if if they haven't cheated in in presenting the safety numbers, it's very impressive. And, of course, I'd like to do an independent evaluation of those numbers to to make sure um, uh, whether I do that or they have somebody else do that. They desperately need somebody to do an independent arm's length analysis of their data uh, to really understand if autopilot to date has, in fact, been, been safer than not having autopilot. They have the data to explicitly do that. They claim that they've done that. I don't know that anybody believes
0: them. Well, your offer is standing. And uh, Elon, if you need help getting in touch with Alan, we can. can. Whatever. Who cares? (laughs) All right. Moving on. At Lyft, the e bike venture that they started has run into problems because of rider injuries. Uh, The bikes are being pulled.
1: Yeah. I mean, look. There's a responsibility associated with mobility and, and just putting this stuff out there for people to use. I can't imagine what's going to happen with all the scooter folks, okay? And, uh, and then how many people will have their children? Who knows what happened uh, because they were on a scooter and those people who have deep pockets and, and what they're going to do to, oh, how did you put that out there for my child? I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough.
0: And VIA, our friends at VIA, this past week on Earth Day, uh, essentially deactivated private rides. They're, they're a ride-sharing company to begin with, but they uh, they wanted to make sure on Earth Day anyway that uh, everyone using VIA was ride-share.
1: Yeah, and that's good. I, I'm happy to see them do that. We need much more uh, uh Initiatives on the ride-sharing uh, aspects of of any mobility, and and this isn't putting fifty or or, or four hundred people in vehicles. This is about putting two or three or four, and us, you know, just um, uh, being happy about it. And uh, and in a sense, uh, as we all know, ride sharing is the answer. If if, if the question is uh, a lower greenhouse gases ride-sharing is the answer. If the, uh, if the question is lower energy consumption, ride-sharing is the answer. If the question is congestion, ride-sharing is the answer. How do we get to ride-sharing? That's the question.
0: More about that at the upcoming Smart Driving Car Summit. We'll we want to remind with, people again. We'll
1: deal with it, too, <laughs> or try to deal with it, yes.
0: Again, uh, that's coming up next month, May 14th through the 16th at, at Princeton you can get more information at smartdrivingcar.com. That's where you can find us. Also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreakers, SoundCloud, a whole lot more wherever you get your podcast, And you can ask your smart speaker to play us too. You can find my tech reports at com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening.
1: Thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Princeton in the middle of May. Princeton is very lovely in the middle of May.